It's April 21st, 1921, and tonight is the opening night for the Coconut Grove Nightclub. Stroll through the gold leaf palm tree doors and admire the Moroccan-themed decor. We are here at the Ambassador Hotel in all its glitz and glory, welcoming you, Los Angeles' most glamorous clientele. Come, join us for a cocktail, a night of dancing and holiday fun. Shout out to Mike for that super incredible intro. I love it. <laughs> Woo! Hey guys, it's almost Christmas. And um, yeah, we wanted to make this episode like really fun and just kind of silly and not like a throwaway episode, but an episode you can just like hang out with us on without anything serious. Yeah. So this is our holiday episode. With um, some jingle bells from the resident reindeer. <laughs> jingle bells with resident Marley. <laughs> we just decided to let him run free. It's been a day of recording podcasting. He's been stuck in the bedroom. <laughs> we are 15 minutes from being at 12 hours of recording. 15 minutes. By the end of, of this intro, we will have hit 12 hours. So, yeah, we're doing a super fun holiday episode. We're going to tell you a little bit about the history of the Coconut Grove, uh, the name, where it came from, the Coconut Grove Why we Grove decided nightclub. to choose that for our podcast. I'm getting a lot of Marley, Marley noises this over here. This would be Marley, like, pig noises. He makes so much squawking and snorting. It's I'm, like, trying to pet him so he, he stays quiet. <laughs> Tame the beast. <laughs> um... Yeah, tell us about, um, like, what you look forward to at the holidays. Um, we both celebrate Christmas. We know that not everyone celebrates Christmas, but that's what we celebrate. Um, so tell us, tell the world, what are you excited about for Christmas? Hmm. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. This Christmas is a little weird because um, I'm not traveling. I'm not seeing any, like, um, outside family members. Uh, we're just staying home probably for for the better, but I think this year I'm, I actually am excited for a couple of things. I'm excited to spend this Christmas with the kittens, the ones that we're keeping. Um, this will be the first Christmas together. So it's like, I, especially with George and Buster, maybe Boris, we're trying to figure out if we're like giving him to the family or if we're just going to keep him ourselves. We can't get rid of him. Like he's not leaving like the family in general. So anyways, um, I imagine that I'm going to have them around for many years. Um, Bones, is, I think his like average for a Russian blue, the average age is like 20 to 25. So what? yeah, it's like crazy. So it's like, I already know that he's going to live a really long time and I have a lot of years with him. Um, with the other cats, I imagine it's around 15 to 20, probably in that same kind of age range. But that's a lot of years to spend with an animal. But this will be the very first year for the cat. I know it's like, it's my baby's first Christmas. But like, mm, it's kind of my baby's first Christmas. Um, so I'm kind of excited um, because they're going to be the most playful and the most like kitten-like right now. So it'll just be really fun to play with them all day. I don't think I've had a day where I can just like sit and hang out with the cats and like play with them. Because right now they're at the age where they're, like, so playful 24-7. They're, like, they have more energy than your dog does, like, without oh a doubt. God. Yeah, they have so much energy. So they're constantly trying to play with me. And the more that I play with them, the more that they love me. So, of course. 
So that's one thing. And then I love listening to Christmas music. So I'm excited to listen to it without people telling me, you can't listen to Christmas music that early before Christmas. So I'm just going to remind them that um, this is the week of Christmas. And according to their dumb rules, I'm allowed to listen to Christmas music. So I'm excited for that. Oh, my God. In our house, it's like December 1st. Um, I'm like November 1st. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people are too. It's around the corner, Um, right? Um, And then I think the other thing I'm excited for is just a period of rest without anything else. I don't have to – I'm actually really glad we did this batching because I'm not going to have to work on the podcast. I'm not going to have to work on my day job. I'm not going to have to really – like actually do anything really except for rest and probably eat junk food, uh, probably eat Nestor's delicious gourmet dining. So what's he preparing for you guys? I don't even think he wants to prepare anything, but like, you know, he will because it'll be an opportunity for him to cook. Of course he will. He can't not. If he, even if he does the bare ass minimum, it's still going to be better than what I could do. So I'm excited for whatever he decides to surprise us with. And yeah, going to be chilling, maybe blazing it up a little bit, probably a little Christmas blaze, but that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Full on chill. Yeah, I just really want to chill and and have some cat bonding time. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And it sounds like exactly what you need. And me too, just to totally turn off and not have anything planned. Don't have to go anywhere. Just... Yeah, no alarms. Yeah. Yeah. And a few days off from work, at least. Oh, you have how long off from work? Um, It's kind of whatever I decide, really, because it's like we've really passed the most important part of the e-commerce season. So I'll probably, probably take off like Wednesday or Thursday, depending on how the week is going, and then um, just start back again up on Monday. Yeah, so like a good so somewhere to four to five days is what I'm thinking. I feel like that's a good a good Christmas break where it's not like an excessive amount of time away, uh, but it's also not too little. It's not like a three day break where it just feels like you really just only got one bonus day. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then you'll have uh, three days off in New Year's. Yeah, two or three off of New Year's. Um, but my birthday is early January. So if I only get two days off or like um, like that Friday. So I guess it would technically be three. So Friday to Saturday, Sunday. If I do that, um, then I'll probably just take off my birthday. So what are you guys going to do for your birthday? I'm thinking Disneyland because we went for <laughs> Halloween and it was so much fun and it was Nestor's first time. Um, that was a blast. Um, but I really love the Christmas decorations that they do for Disneyland. So it's going to be after Christmas, but they don't take the, take the decorations down until like the 10th. So everything will still be up. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's like start of the new year. Let's just do something fun. I always feel so, um, I feel really picky about what I want to do on my birthday, but I also feel like I never do exactly what I want to do. I have the same problem. I thought I was the only one. No, no, you're not. Yeah. It feels so special. Like it only happens once a year and people are obliged to be nice to me and do what I want. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just. You want birthdays to feel like special, but you also don't want them 
to feel too special. I mean, maybe it's just me, but like with my birthday so close to Christmas, it's literally 11 days apart from Christmas. So there's too much season holiday celebration. I think uh, most Sagittarius and Capricorns can uh, relate to this. Um, there's just too much holiday going on around our birthday season. Do you season. feel like uh, your birthday gets shadowed a bit by Christmas? A hundred percent. Yeah, without a doubt. Christmas and New Year's. There's like way too many things for other people to focus their energy on. So it's really hard for me to plan anything because people are out of town or they just spent all their money or um, yeah, they're like, oh, well, my New Year's resolution is to stop blah, 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 which is exactly what you have planned for your birthday. So yeah, I'm not eating cake. I'm straight off cake. I've had too much cake. Um, it's fine. I've just no had money. A, like, I've had a lot of birthdays with a lot of party poopers. So maybe I'm just a little bit bitter about my birthday in some ways. So yeah, I'm going to try and do something. I've not, I haven't really done anything that was like for me, for fun, for my birthday. Like anytime it was my birthday with my family, my family would turn that into an excuse to do like a family event. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't really for me. It's kind of for the family. But you were just saying to me like... 2022 is going to be my year. Like we got robbed of 2020. We got robbed of 2021. That was almost worse for you. It uh, 2021 was 100% worse than Yeah. 20. So like 2022 is your year. Yeah. And what better way than to start it out on the happiest place on earth, right? I think that's a good tone to set. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe I'll last second be like, never mind. It's too expensive. But <laughs> it's too expensive. the plan right now in my heart, in my mind, is I think I do want to go back to Disney and just do like a quick little Disney trip for the start of the year. I think that'll be really fun. I think it's awesome. And then I think the crowds will be a little bit less. Yeah. And Nestor's already been. So we can actually go to the rides that we both want to go to instead of going to the ones we feel obligated to. Like we've done Pirates. So... I'm not ready. I'm like, I like pirates. I don't love pirates. But it's so well known. Exactly. But if I only have a handful of hours to go ride my favorite rides, I'd rather do Space Mountain twice. Nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's my favorite ride. Oh, totally. Anyways, my little Disney thing. Because I don't think they have, like season passes or they don't have california resident passes right they now? do now they came back out with them they? they like took them away because they changed their like pass holder terms or something like that i'm not really sure i think covid just messed everything up but yeah they they um came out with a new even actually recently they came out with an another california resident package where you can go over three days and like each day is like a single park pass. So you're only doing one park at a time. But that way you can thoroughly do it. Like you can really do Disneyland and then you can really do California Adventure and ride all the rides you want to do. Like I I've been there one time. There was no way. Like we only saw a third of it. Like you need so many days. And Disneyland is the small one. <laughs> like it is like minuscule compared World to Disney World. Bigger, right? Huge. Like I think there's like, I'm going to get roasted for probably making this up, but I think there's five or six different parks versus Disneyland only has those two. Right. They have the Disney park and then the California, California Adventure Park. Adventures, yeah. Yeah. Last time I went to Disneyland, I was like eight years old or something. No, no last time you went to 
Disney World. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, last time you went to Disneyland was like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. A few months ago. Yeah. Two months ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I think you should go. Yeah. If it all works out, I think I do want to go. Um, I, we really want to go to Disney. I'm not, I, we don't consider ourselves Disney adults. I don't identify with that. I don't, I think that people think anybody who visits a Disney park is automatically a Disney adult. And I just think that those are people who've never been to a Disney park before. <laughs> they just don't know what they're talking about. Um, it, you do not have to even like Disney to enjoy the fuck out of that park. Like, it's so fun. Those rides are better than any rides that I've ever ridden in any theme park, point blank. No question. Yeah, Disneyland is awesome. You don't have to be like a huge Disney fan. No. Have the best time. But we want to go to Disneyland so or Disney World so we can get the full experience. They have a Ratatouille ride over there. Oh, do they? Yes. And it, it looks like the outside of like Gusto. So of course Nestor's oh. like, we have to go. That's so cute. I love that movie. Right? It's the greatest. Yeah, that would be awesome. What are you doing for Christmas? Slash, what are you most excited for? Um, Since I already kind of know what you're doing for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see family um, and friends. I think I'm pretty excited to have, like, my mom's cooking and my grandma's cooking. And everyone brings, like, a lot of um, baking and stuff together. Uh, my dad usually does, um, like, a traditional Danish lunch on Christmas Eve. You know what I was going to ask? What? Um... Is there, like, a staple Canadian Christmas, like, dish for Christmas time? Is there something you're like, that's so Canadian? No. No? Is it all pretty much the same? I think so. Like, I think... <laughs> Canadians are not unique, basically. Yeah. I I'm think just kidding. Canada is um, so multicultural that I don't know if there's one uniform, one uniform fine dish there's probably like a traditional western uh like north american eurocentric dinner that is put on like turkey stuffing mashed potatoes maybe you have turnip peas carrots i don't know if we have turnips in our christmas dinners <laughs> traditionally mike's family doesn't have turnips they have like a watercress and pea casserole, which is, I've never had that before. Um, you know, I, I don't even know what my friends eat for Christmas, honestly. I'm so involved in myself on Christmas. I'm like, eat, eat and sleep. and As you should. I never even asked them. I don't know. I think one of my friends eats, uh, I think she eats pork because they're Danish as well. And they, like a traditional thing in um Denmark is a crackling pork. It was a really fatty piece of pork that gets all crispy. And I think their family eats that instead of turkey. But that's like the only conversation I've ever had. No. But I think it's pretty much like the U.S. Like you have your staples and then depending on who's cooking. Like the family recipes. The family recipes, the preferred side dishes. Like, oh, you know, if the family hates carrots, then (laughs) carrots. Um. But yeah, our family Are there any has... vegetarians or vegans? In my family? Yeah. Or any, like, dietary restrictions in your family? Everybody pretty much, pretty much eats the same. 
well, I'm allergic to milk, but... That's true. That's a... They respect that allergy, or do they say, eat more cream? No, they do not want me to eat more cream, because I just whine, and I'm like, Mom, I have a stomach ache, and I just, like, lie on the floor. She's like, come on, I told you not to eat that. Aww. <laughs> um, I think my aunt's allergic to some, like, onions. They make her feel really sick. But we have, like, a lot of Danish-inspired dishes and – or Danish – actual Danish dishes because um, my dad's family is Danish. And we celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. So everybody comes over at, like – well, I guess we have the Danish lunch. So he makes these open-faced sandwiches on, like, dense little breads. And he puts little spreads, like, um, like mayonnaise or pate and um, – some seafood and like some herbs or I think he does like a cucumber one, a tomato one, one with beets and pate. Like it sounds kind of weird, but they're all these like Danish treats and it's, it's like a, um, a smorgasbord or, um, small bowl. Um, so he puts that out and we eat, um, uh, from like 11 till one and then, um, no one's hungry and we have to somehow eat a big dinner as well. Um, so yeah, my cousins and stuff, they come over and we hang out and then we have Christmas on Christmas Eve and we like chill and we play little like party games. And then, um, Christmas morning, I just spend it with my immediate family and that's like the best time. You're just like hanging in your pajamas yeah, and like doing exactly what day. you said, like, I do not want to move. I want to lie here with my dog. And I'm just like, don't bother me. Um, that's the best time. Um, and then that night, we usually hang out with my mom's side and go see like my other cousins and aunts and uncles and my grandma on that side. So that's going to be awesome. So I'm, nice. I think it's mostly just like family. I, I just miss my family and my friends. Aww. Yeah, That'll be good. Yeah, and all fingers working. crossed. Um, well, do you want to um, kind of jump into this week's topic discussion? Slash, let's introduce the true history behind the Coconut Grove, why we chose this name. I am going to attempt to tell you guys about the history of the Coconut Grove nightclub, uh, a little bit about the Ambassador Hotel, and this information comes from um, an article we found online um, under Finding Lost Angeles, FindingLostAngeles.com. Um, so we'll read a bit from there and a little bit from Wikipedia, trusty Wikipedia. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about why we picked the name. Um, yeah, I also want to clarify um, a couple of things. So the Coconut Grove Nightclub, based in Los Angeles, is not the same Coconut Grove Club in which the infamous fire happened. So there was no fire at the Ambassador Hotel Coconut Grove Nightclub. 
that was a different state. I believe the one that burned was in Boston. Yeah, it was in Boston. Um, and also a completely different era. I believe the one in Boston burned down in the 30s, while the Coconut Grove nightclub didn't close down until um, the late 90s, I want to say. The Coconut Grove fire. Boston, Massachusetts, United States on November 26, 1942. Oh, that is. Yeah. Yeah, that's not us. Nope, that's not the same Coconut Grove. And we know that our Google SEO, when you type in the Coconut Grove, you're like, hmm. It's all about the fire. Is it the fire? Is that what I'm looking for? Or am I looking for Katie and Ashley? No, I'm not looking for the fire. (laughs) We've received the feedback that there's some SEO overlap there. Yeah, that's fine. Eventually, people will start talking about the podcast more than the fire. One, one day. Um, so the Ambassador Hotel is where the Coconut Grove nightclub was located. The Ambassador Hotel um, was a pretty famous hotel in Los Angeles. Um, I'm interested in architecture, and apparently it was designed by an architect named Myron Hunt. Um It formally opened the hotel on January 1st, 1921. Um, I guess that's over 100 years ago. Wow, it was. It's a long time ago. That's going back. Um, It's no longer standing, though. The Ambassador Hotel is no longer an actual hotel. It's now a um, student space. Right. Um... So it's located on Wilshire Boulevard. And I'm just looking at this picture of it now. It's very like art deco-y. It's definitely art deco, yeah. Space age. It has this like rounded sort of UFO like. Um, postmodern. Yeah, postmodern. Like the ceiling is rounded and it has this pink framed doorway and these weird but beautiful brown Moroccan tiles leading you into the front of the hotel with these like chrome accents. Yeah, it's it's really pretty. Um, so it's known for its Mediterranean styling, its tile floors, its Italian stone fireplace, and an inner courtyard with semi-tropical pr- plants. So it's this oasis, like it's just the most beautiful, um, like, yeah, Middle Eastern, like... Nook, would you call nook. it? or yeah, like... Um, it looks and sounds to me kind of like what I uh, remember seeing at La, La Hambra, Alhambra in Spain when I was there. Just like the same, like the beautiful tiles, the wood accents, the big arches, the fruit trees and the palm trees. And you can hear the birds. Like I can see it. It's it's so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so apparently was open for over six decades. Um, so originally designed by Myron Hunt, but later renovated by an architect named Paul Williams. And he's who made it into the hotel that it became in the 1940s. Um, like we said, that was the Ambassador Hotel. So that's where the Coconut Grove nightclub lived. And it was known as the premier night spot for ages. People went there. Decades, yeah. Yeah. It was so famous. It actually hosted six Oscar ceremonies. Um, 
And it looks like it hosted some United States presidents. They say Herbert Hoover to Richard Nixon. You're probably wondering, why is it so famous? You're talking about these ritzy clientele. Well, who actually liked to go there? Apparently, people as famous as Frank Sinatra, Judy Garland, Sammy Davis, Nat King Cole, uh, Barbara Streisand, Bing Crosby, John Wayne, Lucille Ball, and Marilyn Monroe. Also, F. Scott Fitzgerald, the famous author. Incredible author. Didn't Fitzgerald write about it? He did have something to say about it. He called the um, Coconut Grove gaudy and glorious. F. Scott Fitzgerald referred to the Ambassador Hotel as the greatest, gaudiest spree in American history, and it certainly lived up to that reputation, they say. Yeah, you guys have to look up photos. Well, we'll add some to our Instagram page when this episode comes out, but you guys have to look for yourself because when we when we actually saw this place, when we looked at photos, that's like, we, we totally fell in love. If we were uh, alive during its opening and its high prime, that's definitely where we would probably hang out. Oh, that's where we would have hung out for sure. I just had this flash of me being like, she's going to say that's where we were meant to be. And I, I just imagine myself being like, in the furniture like i'm a chair oh (laughs) that's funny that's not what she means (laughs) (laughs) um i really love this description though in this article i want to read it mostly verbatim um so again this is the finding los angeles article the decorative scheme of the rooms includes pastel tints in the furniture delicate Cretonne, attractive English prints and original paintings on the walls. 10,000 chairs were needed to furnish the hotel. 4,000 uh, 4, diners can be accommodated at one time. 1,200 persons alone can be seated in the main dining room, which covers half an acre of floor space. Hanging window boxes and stately palms provide the decorative scheme. This hotel is surrounded by spacious lawns and a quarter of a million trees, plants, and shrubs, including many old palms. So you can just feel like this amazing Mediterranean art deco vintage vibe, like you can appreciate why we were drawn to this and why this is our namesake. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we were doing a ton of research on what we should name the podcast. And maybe this isn't like the easiest thing to search. And maybe it's not like on the nose, but I feel like it completely encapsulates like our vision behind it, which is like, it's the hub where everyone who's anyone comes to talk about life together. And obviously, we took a more modern take to that. But I do imagine if if you could personify the podcast, it would be a nightclub in the middle of Los Angeles with a bunch of random people there. Absolutely. Like, this is where you go to get um, all the scoop on LA. Like, this is where all the famous people go or you want to see or be seen. Um, but yeah, we're taking a bit of a modern take on that and hopefully being a bit more inclusive than exclusive. Exactly. In a perfect world. Yeah. Um, so this place held many important events and many important people, like I said, um, on January 18th of their opening year, they held a large ball for 3000 guests to celebrate the grand opening. And it was the largest of its kind. And it rivaled a a ball previously held, 
um, in honor of President uh, Wilson's visit to L.A. So it, this place was so infamous. Um, people dressed to the nines. They went there to listen to this incredible jazz m music while they were just decked out, um, dancing the night away. I think I want to say John Barrymore. I might be wrong, but he had a monkey that he used to let play around in the palm trees. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, apparently in 1930, Mickey and Minnie Mouse were guests of honor. So kind of on that Disney kick from earlier. Oh, my God. Really? Even Mickey and Minnie. Um, so it looks like the a hotel and the club hosted many... Um, dance competitions, especially the Charleston dance. Do you know what that dance is? The Charleston? Of yeah. course. Yeah. Can you imagine how cool that would have been to see that? Oh, that would be very cool, yeah. Amazing. There's apparently a short film by MGM called Star Night at the Coconut Grove. And apparently it's it showcases, quote, a galaxy of film stars singing, dancing, and joking the evening away in Technicolor. So yeah, this this uh, nightclub was for anyone who is anyone, and uh, it truly left its mark so deep in history that it's impossible to forget. And I think I kind of want to carry its legacy a little bit with with our namesake. Um, yeah. Apparently, the hotel was actually a site of assassination of uh, Robert F. Kennedy on uh, June 5th of 1968, that the assassination kind of coincided with the decline of the neighborhood surrounding the area. So the late 1960s and the, I guess the early 1970s was kind of when the neighborhood was declining. Um, I guess there's a, a number of reasons. Yeah, just a failing, failing hotel business. Like I can imagine there's, there's a lot of stuff that changed in LA from the 60s to the 80s. Yeah, and then apparently under the direction of Sammy Davis Jr., um, a new club opened called the Now Grove, and it replaced the Coconut Grove in 1970, and it was trying to appeal to, like, the... The younger The younger, more modern people looking for, like, a club rather than, like, a jazz club, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, well, let's rename it Now Grove. So much cooler. Um, but apparently people just didn't take to that. They lost interest in that, and they weren't coming out to those neighborhoods anymore. So the hotel and the club just kind of fell away. People weren't taking care of it. Um, and it officially closed in 1989 um, to guests. But like you said, it remained open um for other things so private events and filming and uh, i guess um you were saying it was like a, a film school i don't know if it's a film school but i think it is an art school an art school yeah yeah the last thing that they ever filmed was in 2005 and apparently donald trump tried to buy it and they turned him away he was trying to buy it to tear it down to build a 125 story building can you imagine that over there fuck that guy that's so strange but didn't I think it says he bought the some of the stuff on the inside the silver silvers serving platters, um, some tiki style soup bowls. Yeah, he profited off of that. And then in two thousand four two thousand five, um, I think there was a bit of a struggle about who owned the area. 
Um, and the school district, the LA Uni- Unified School District, wanted to clear off the area and build on that property. And the LA Conservancy and Art Deco Society uh, wanted to preserve it. So I guess there was a bit of a legal battle there. But um, eventually, in August 2005, um, looks like it came down. I mean, it, it's not gone. It's just been repurposed. Uh, the decor is obviously gone. It's been shelled out. But the actual physical place still exists. It's You just cannot access it unless you're a student. Yeah. That's the that's nightclub. That's the. <laughs> so basically, we thought it was such a cool story, and we wanted to just talk about it a little bit and give you a sense of why we fell in love with it, um, and why we chose it for our namesake. And I think, like Katie said, we feel a little sad that it's fallen out of use, and you know, it's being shelled out, and it's just kind of sad. Um, yeah, I'm forgotten that we want that to live on. So that's the Coconut Grove nightclub. And this is the Coconut Grove podcast. So now you know. <laughs> now you know. Now you have some background. <laughs> hey guys, it's Katie and Ashley. Hey. So we're here to tell you a little bit more about how you can support the podcast. Yeah. So if your Apple podcast platform is not already open, go ahead and open that up. Go to Coconut Grove Podcasts and not only rate, but leave us a review. Yeah. So if you go in there and write something for us, that helps a lot with the metrics, helps us get known, helps us help you. Exactly. And for all of December, we're giving away four gifts to uh, reviewers. So if you would like to be one of the lucky winners of one of our December giveaways, the only way you can enter is by leaving a review on the Apple Podcast platform. Yeah, so get on there, write us something quick, positive or negative, hopefully positive, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Cool, let's get back into the episode. Thanks. Do you want to do some wintry, festive Christmassy things to wrap up the pod? Let's get into part three, where we have a good old Christmas time. Let's do it. Um, okay, so Ashley, I have a... Um, trivia for you. Um, these are the most fun and festive trivia questions and answers, according to the internet. Hit so me. I'm going to hit you with some some really weird ones, and I would just like to know the first answer that comes to your head. Okay. Um, when did pink Christmas trees become popular? The 60s. It was the 50s. <gasps> really? Close. Um... What is the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time? It's a beautiful life. No, it's The Grinch. That was my, oh, that flashed through my mind, but I didn't. The Grinch. Ah! Makes sense. It does. Um, oh my God, this is so morbid. What were Frosty the Snowman's last words? <laughs> Wasn't it like, I'll see you next year. I'll be back again someday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back again someday. <laughs> um, what is the best-selling Christmas song of all time? All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. <laughs> it should be. It should be. No, it's White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Oh, I can see that. That's a beautiful song. What is the Dutch name for Santa Claus? Sinterklaas. <laughs> ah, you knew that one. <laughs> Say it again. Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. What was the first U.S. state that recognized Christmas as a national holiday? 
Um, this will surprise you. It's It's got to be in the Northeast. Pick a state. Is New England a state? But that's not right. Dang it. That was my guess. It's Alabama. Like I told you, it would surprise you. What? Yeah, weird, right? That is super weird. I know. Um, okay, let me ask a couple more. Um, which toy does Buddy the Elf not like? <laughs> which one does he get most frustrated by? I have no idea. It was a jack-in-the-box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Elf. Yeah. Will Ferrell? Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of from the same movie, what is the first rule from the Code of Elves? I don't remember. Is Treat it like always be happy? every day like Christmas. Every day is Christmas. <laughs> I have some questions for you. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. These should be weird. Oh, and I guess we have to guess, and I don't know the answer either. What is wassailing? I'll give you the, an- what, uh, the options. Isn't, wassail- isn't that like a wine beverage? Wassail? I got to give you the answers. Eating Christmas pudding, screaming very loudly, going caroling, nothing. We just made that up. I think nothing. We just made that up. It doesn't give us the answer. <laughs> okay, we're not using this one. When were gingerbread houses invented? Wait, I think I just looked this up. It was like the 16th century or something. Yeah, the 16th century. And they got more popular with the Brothers Grimm Hansel and Gretel story. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. That makes sense. It's so cute. It looks just like the story. Yeah, that was really unfair because that was on my trivia list that I asked you. So I did look at that a little while ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would not have known that if otherwise. How many... American houses households put up Christmas trees. Is it a percent or is it a number? Because if it's a number, I'm not going to guess it. You can guess a percent. Um, sixty-five. Higher. Eighty. Seventy-seven. That's pretty close. Oh, nice. Yeah, they. I was going to guess seventy-five, but I was like, that's too perfect. That so that was from 2019. So I wonder if things changed because of COVID. Probably sixty-five this year. Like, we didn't put up one. We, we just have a either. pile of branches with candles. It's just a big fire hazard. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, when was the term Xmas invented? I don't know. Maybe, like, the 40s? Apparently, the mid-1500s. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Greek letter X. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Ooh, this, this piques my interest. How many packages does... USPS deliver during the holidays? Like a million? They Eight say million? They average 20.5 million packages 20. per day. Per day? Jesus. Hey, you guys, have you ever heard of under-consuming? <laughs> have you heard of scaling it back? Have you heard of Amazon is the reason for all bad things in this world? I'm just kidding. I can't be a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting on to you guys about stuff that I have issues with. Speaking of which, was Christmas ever outlawed in America? Well, if you're ever asking that, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. Right. From 1659 to 1681, the Puritans did not allow Christmas to be celebrated. Um, who are the Puritans? Do you know who the Puritans? The Puritans were the first... Uh, people who came to America. Oh, I had no idea. The boat with Christopher Columbus. Oh, I have never heard Not of these people before. Specifically, but you know the the story, right? 
So they were the first settlers. I have no idea. Truly, I don't care. I hate him anyways. Also, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't very Christmassy. I'm I'm like trying to keep it festive, but I'm also like, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me why is red and why are red and green the most popular Christmas colors? They're on the stoplight. What? <laughs> red. <laughs> everyone thinks of green, red, Christmas yellow. <laughs> when they think of traffic and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. There's nothing more Christmassy than uh, a stoplight. What is green? Uh, is it just like plants? Like, are there, was it like poinsettias or berries or something like that? Yeah. Oh, cool. There so, we go. A real answer. Apparently, like Holly. Uh, yeah, bush, that makes sense. As well as Coca-Cola. Have a holly jolly mm-hmm. Coca-Cola. I think Coca-Cola had a huge influence on they North the American Christmas. They were the reason Christmases. why Santa is a thing. I know that. Yeah, I'm looking right at the jolly Coca-Cola Santa right now. He's perfect. It's such good marketing, though. You can't. You can't tell him not. And the polar bears, too? Come on. I know. They break my heart. They're so sweet. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a couple more questions. What was the most popular toy in 1984? Oh. Oh. I, the first thing that came to mind was like the mechanics, those little like metal things you could screw together and make little cars. No, the answer is Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh, I should have known that. I got one of those. Really? I'm a 90s kid, but yeah, I, I mean, got I had one a Cabbage Patch Kid too, but not, totally not in the were- 80s. My parents would have got that right. They'd be like, the dang Cabbage Patch Kids again? I thought we were over that. <laughs> All right. Um, this is my last question. When was mistletoe first used at Christmas? Okay. I think it's A, poisonous, and B, it probably dates back to the plague. So when was the plague? <laughs> I think the plague was in the 1800s. It says actually it's from the first century A.D., no. That's when they say that mistletoe is first used. For what reason? Jesus. For what reason? I don't know. It doesn't tell me. This trivia is lame because it's not like, here's all the history. Like, you and I are, we've been trained by this podcast to ask so many questions and research so deep that when we come across lame trivia on the internet, we're like, but tell us more. It's like, no, I don't have anything. We got to interview the guy who created this. The history of mistletoe. Why is it the kissing plant? In the Middle Ages, it was hung from ceilings or placed above stables and house doors with the belief that it would drive off evil spirits and ensure fertility. That says Christmas to me right there. And apparently, mistletoe is a parasitic plant and it grows on trees and eats them. And, uh, yeah, it deprives the nutrients or drives, deprives the tree of nutrients. That's a horrible thing. Why do we put well, that Well, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> on that we, note. We tried so hard to keep this, like, light and festive. And the whole time we're like, <laughs> here are some horrible things that happened. So get your Coca-Cola. President Cola. got shot. Yeah. COVID. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. <laughs> Fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> We're so bad at this. Have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> it's the best time of the year. Can you tell that we've been recording for a stupid amount of time? <laughs> and with that, 
We're wishing you a safe and happy holiday season, whatever you celebrate it. Maybe it's not Christmas, but I want you to have the best time yes. with um, either you, yourself, and I, your closest family, your closest friends, your chosen family. I want you all to have the best, most relaxing time and be safe and eat to your heart's content. Absolutely. Um Speaking of eating to your heart's content, I just want to extend on that, that nothing that you eat during this time will affect you as deeply as you think it will. So any extra piece of pie that you have, any cookie that you have, um, don't take it too seriously. Allow yourself to enjoy. Um, when's the last time that we've had a moment of time that you can just enjoy without having to question? So make sure you guys do that too. Yeah. That's important. And that's if you get lonely, you know, you can turn to us every Monday. Um the yeah, next. we'll be here with you. Yeah. Yes, virtually we'll, we will be here with you. Yeah. Um, the next two episodes are way more educational, way more <laughs> structured than this one was. <laughs> um, but that's exactly why we wanted to do this episode this way. Um, we just needed something light in between. So we really hope you guys have a really Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, um, if we don't catch you on the next episodes. But um, for our faves and our loyal fans, we'll see you on Monday. See you then. Bye. Bye.